0: Morning is 1 Samuel 17 41 to 51, and it can be found on page 204. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bare in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, I am a dog that you come at me with six. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord, Almighty the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give you give the carcasses to the Philistine army, to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those together here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, but the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into your hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut his head off with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. And our second scripture can be found on page 738, and it's 13, verse 1. Now there were some present, some present at the time who told Jesus about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifice.
1: spirit among us, O God, as we meditate on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Prepare our, prepare our minds to hear your word. Move our hearts to accept what we hear. Purify our will to obey in joy and faith. This we pray in the name of your Son, Christ our Savior. Amen. Now, most of you know, or many of you know, that if you cut off the head of a chicken, it'll still run around and flap its wings even though its head is gone. Now, I'm not going to get too scientific in this as far as the reason why, but it has to do with the way that the chicken's nerves are connected to its body. I did a little research. In fact, there was once a chicken who was called Miracle Mike. Who had his head chopped off, and it lived for 18 months? 18 months without a head. And the farmer would keep Mike alive by taking an eyedropper and put milk and water into what was left of its throat. And the chicken used to walk around, dusted it, and always done. Now, if you think I'm kidding, look, miracle Mike up on the internet because I found it all kinds of different places, so I'm not making that up. <laughs> now. Ironically, a similar thing is true about snakes. If the head of a snake is cut off, it will continue to squirm for a long time afterwards. Now, for most snakes, this isn't a problem. But there's a danger that can occur with dead snakes. And the danger of dead snakes can help us picture critical truths that are related to the giants that we have in our lives. Because you see, the head of a dead snake can be dangerous if it's a poisonous snake and it still has venom in its fangs. And it can do serious harm if you happen to step on the head of a poisonous snake if you're walking around barefoot. There might be enough poison left in the fangs so that any pressure can inject that poison into your foot. And that could spell big trouble if you, you don't realize what's going on. Now, the head of a dead snake can provide an analogy for us to Satan and walk the way Satan was defeated by Christ on the cross. Because you see, when Jesus died on the cross, the battle was over. The victory over sin was won. And thanks to the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Satan has been rendered powerless. But Satan can still wriggle and squirm around. And if we step on Satan's fangs, he can still poison us and cause serious harm. Remember, we're not in heaven yet. And because of that, the enemy is still around prowling, causing problems for us here on earth. Satan's body is still flailing about, and he's still dangerous. And if we listen to the enemy, or if we follow his evil schemes, or if we mess with any of the practices that he lays claim to, we will inject a poison into our own lives. And that poison can diminish our hope and weaken the abundant reality that can be ours through Jesus Christ. And so there's a couple things to keep in mind. First of all, Satan absolutely, positively was defeated on the cross. Jesus has won the victory. End of story. But number two, the snake snake still wiggles around. The snake still has its venom. Here's the paradox. The two truths seem to be contradictory, but they're not. And when it comes to the giants that you face in your lives going down, both of these truths are equally true. The giants that you face, your giant is dead, and yet your giant is still deadly. Jesus died for us. Jesus died for you. No doubt about it. The work of defeating death and defeating the power of hell is finished, complete, done, accomplished, kaput. Jesus has defeated all of sin and death, all of hells, all of darkness. Our giants have fallen. Goliath, is dead from the hit on his head. He's sprawled out on the ground. He's got a smashed nose. He's got dirt in his eyes. He's got bugs in his mouth. Hey, alert the vultures. There's good eating tonight. The work of Jesus for our salvation and the work of Jesus that was done for us on the cross was prophesied for us all the way back in the book of Genesis. you ever realize that? Jesus saving us and defeating sin and death was prophesied all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Right after the forbidden fruit was eaten in the Garden of Eden by Adam and Eve, God cursed the tempter. God cursed the snake the serpent, the embodiment of Satan. But it was part of the curse. What did God say? God declared that Eve's offspring would one day ultimately crush the head of the serpent. And that offspring is Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate snake crusher. He demolished the snake, the devil with it deafening and defeating blow. Death carries no sting anymore. Death was swallowed up in victory, and Jesus Christ won the battle. Satan's power was broken on the cross, and yet, even though Jesus completed the work on the cross, who will really feel the paradox? Because remember, Satan can still harm us. He's still out there. And if you step on his fangs, you're going to feel the venom of his poisonous words words and ways. Even though Satan has been defeated, he's still dangerous. 1 Peter 5.8 reminds us and tells us this. He tells us to be alert and sober in mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, Looking for someone to devour. But the good news is we are not left defenseless. James 4, verse 7 tells us submit submit therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I have a pastor friend who loves to say that. Resist the devil, and he will flee. He also is fond of saying, keep working to beat the devil. And resistance means we are to make a stand against temptation. And the way we do that is to choose the path of Jesus. And with the power of God in our lives, we can deliberately decide to draw close to him. In other words, we don't step on the head of a dead snake. The problems that we have are never too large for God. God is looking for heroes, God is looking for those people who can stand with Him. And He doesn't care who they are. He doesn't care if they're kings or if they are shepherd boys or anybody in between. All we need to do is ask for Jesus' help and a willingness to take up our own spiritual slingshot. God to make our aim true. Jesus is the ultimate defense against giants, and the best defense that we can have is to lean on the all-sufficiency of Jesus. Because Jesus is enough. Jesus is all we need to fulfill God's greatest purposes in our lives. Jesus is competent. Jesus is fully abounding. He is all we need to defeat our giants. Jesus fights our battles for us. But you know what? We still need to take some responsibility. Because we must submit to Jesus' plans. We must resist the devil's power by using Jesus in our hearts. And when we align ourselves with Jesus, he is the one who will always bring the giant down. It's not us. It's Jesus. Now let's take a look back for a moment on David and Goliath. David kills Goliath with only a sling and a sword. And then what does Jesus do? He goes right over the dead giant, takes Goliath's sword out, and hacks off his head gory isn't it why did he do that david wanted everyone to know without a shadow of a doubt that the giant was definitely dead now what we don't know is did david take the sword and cut the head off on one blow or did he go (laughs) i don't know it doesn't matter The point is, he cut off Goliath's head. And he didn't want anybody in the Israelite army to have any fear. Hey guys, look. The the giant's dead. God gave us the victory. But he also wanted the Philistines to know that there was no victory for them. Hey Philistines, here's your champion. Guess what? He's dead. He has no head. God defeated him, and God has defeated you. Here's the point. When it comes to your specific giants that you have to face, the specific giants in your life that Jesus defeats for you, don't conceal the severed head. Confess the severed head. Tell others, tell your friends, of your giant that it has been defeated and that Jesus is the one that has defeated him. point to Christ as your victor let people know that Jesus has conquered what has once harassed you so what do you do if Goliath starts talking to you anytime soon you remind him he's dead And you stick with Jesus. And you stick with Jesus' you. And you stop listening to what Goliath or your giant has to say. And you listen to what God is saying. And maybe all you need to do is take that one tiny step to begin with. Right here, right now, tell yourselves, I believe in the power of Jesus. When you believe that Jesus is bigger than whatever you're facing, then something is going to shift in your life. Remember, the victory is already here. We just need to have the Spirit of God infuse us with the reality of that amazing truth. We just need to have the Spirit of God pull us up to that height. Because victory starts with changing minds and believing that Jesus fought one and for all, and our giant has fallen. We all face giants that bring us fear and dismay. You may be facing a giant of doubt or uncertainty. Maybe it's a giant of fear and guilt. Maybe it's a giant of sin. Whatever giant you face, come to Jesus for complete victory, because He has already defeated our enemies, and we can rest in His grace and provision. Life throws you a situation that you may believe is unacceptable for you to proceed in and your standards. Give it over to the Lord. Hold firm to Jesus and serve him. Because God assures us that the triumph is ours no matter what. The psalmist says, For this God is our God forever and ever, and he will be our guide. To the end. Jesus leads us to victory. And not only will Goliath fall, Goliath must fall. and He must fall so that Jesus can be exalted in this world. It's time for the giant to hit the ground. Let us pray. Gracious and eternal God, You call us into a new way of being, and you give us so many second chances in life. May your love wash over us as we turn towards you from our sinful ways. Mold us as your people in new and powerful ways, that we may be true disciples of your Son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn in the Red Hymnal is number 779. Please stand if you're able.